Blog Talk Radio. Raina Star. This is Desperate House Witches. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, dirty talk, bodily functions might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but I'm hoping you stick around anyway. Uh, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible wicked one herself, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Dorothy is currently selling her 2021 house blessing ornaments. They're beautiful. They're balls. And you got to buy balls and pears. That's how I do it. I hope that's how you do it, too. So check out WickedWitchStudios.com. And if you need that shipped overseas, please check out TheAngryCauldron.com. They also have a line of their own pagan goods. So it's the first Friday of the month. Welcome to December 4th. And with me, as always, the amazing pagan pundit himself, Towson Govannon. Hey, Towson. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? It's going, baby. So, all right, we're <laughs> post-election, but before we go there, tell us what you're doing, tell us what you're writing, tell us what's coming up. <laughs> well, oh, my God, I have been on a writing chair. Uh, you know, I, I know your regular listeners to the show will know that my life kind of blew up this year, uh, completely unrelated to COVID. My mom wound up uh, having a small stroke, and she wound up needing to move in with us. I mean, she's fine. She's got her memory and all that. She just needs a little help here and there. So she moved in with us. And between trying to pack up her house and get our house uh, ready for another person and start looking for a new place big enough for all of us, I wound up taking about eight months where I couldn't write at all because I was just too goddamn busy and so when I ended that and I started going back into writing again something clicked normally my goal is 3,000 words a day I've been hitting anywhere from four to nine thousand words a day pretty much for the last month and a half yeah and I I I actually managed I I did NaNoWriMo this year the first time I ever won I wound up writing 65,000 65,000 words in the month of November on that project. Now, I also have other projects going on. I am working with an independent publisher. Uh, They uh, like to do alternative stories from alternative communities, and they are a bunch of queer pagans. And if you know my writing style at all, you know that just completely goes hand-in-hand with that. And we're working on – we're going to start putting out – uh, next December, the plan is to start putting out a series of pagan holiday stories, starting with a solstice gift in December of 2021. Uh-huh. And these are all going to be a series of stories that are going to be very different. Anybody who's read uh, In Perfect Love, my romance novel, or my urban fantasy uh, novel, The Sorceress, uh, know that you know, I, I tend to indulge in some bad language, and The Sorceress has its share of 
big uh, violent battles and sexy time and all that fun stuff. Uh, so the fact is these pagan holiday stories are going to be very family oriented. They're going to be centered around a pagan family and each story is going to be age appropriate. So the one that's coming out next December, uh, the kids in the story are around 10 or 11 years old. So I write it so that it's suitable to read to your 10 or 11 year old pagan child. And it's a complete, and, and yeah, it's, it's got everything. It's got a family vigiling all night. Uh, on solstice until the dawn, uh, singing songs, doing rituals, uh, a visit uh, from a very mysterious lady in a gown that looks like it's spun from moonlight who winds up helping a lost soul find their way home and all kinds of stuff. And so that is going to be published in 2022. The whole series is starting, though, in December of 2021 with a solstice gift. I'm going to be working with them over the next few months to get all these stories written and nailed down so we can start doing things like, you know, getting the contracts all together, getting the publicity tour, you know, uh, plan going. And so I'm going to be both a self-published and a traditionally published author uh, this next year. And I'm also not backing off from my own publishing schedule. I'm going to be putting out book two in the Sorceress Saga. This book is called The Witch. It's going to be coming out in mid uh, to late January. And then uh, somewhere around uh, late April, early May, I'll be putting out book three, which is called The Queen. And then I'll be doing my first spinoff series of novellas. So I'm going to be putting out six titles under my name next year myself and then starting working with the other groups. So if anybody asks you what's, if anybody asks me what's up, just assume writing, writing all the goddamn time while still also emptying my mom's house, uh, shopping for a new house, possibly doing renovations on it. Uh, yeah, everybody says that they're so bored during lockdown. I wish I knew what that felt like. Although I got to tell you, most of the work I'm doing is labors of love, so it's really fun. And I want to let people know that you're going to want, fans of the show are going to want to get The Witch, the book two in the Sorcerer's Saga, uh, for a lot of reasons. For one thing, you're pagans, you're going to like it. Uh, the sorceress yeah. has a lot of ADF ritual in it. The witch, though, has Wiccan ritual. I go back to my Wiccan roots on that one. Uh, and it also features uh-huh. a character named Raina, which is named after our <laughs> own super hostess with the most dismiss, Raina Star. Uh, because when I had a thing earlier, earlier last year about uh, buying the ability to name a character however you wanted to, she took me up on it. And that character is going to yeah. be on the front cover of the witch and she is a very important character uh my lead character annabelle's best friend in the world and uh somebody she goes to to talk about her relationship woes quite often so uh and as a matter of fact when this entire series is done when all seven books in the sorceress saga are out i'm going to be spinning this character off into her own series called the reign of star mystery so you, know, you guys are going to want to get it. on this early so the Sorceress is available right now on Amazon. I'm going to be sending all the relevant links to Raina so she can put them out on the Desperate House Witches uh, Facebook page after we're done here. Yep. Uh, but the Sorceress yep. is still out. Uh, I've got a tea public store that has all kinds of great Sorceress-style merchandise because the cover is – I'm blown away by the cover because I didn't do it. I paid someone else to do it, and I really got my money's worth, and there's a lot of stuff you can get, like – you know, coffee mugs, you can get uh, T-shirts uh, with this incredible graphic based on the magician card from the tarot. Now, the one coming up, though, the witch, 
that's going to be based on the high priestess card of the tarot. So, uh, you know, uh-huh. you, so you want to get in on this now. Start start reading the sorceress now, so you're ready to read the witch when it comes out uh, next month. I'm so excited, and I'm really honored by it, Talison. I I'm I'm tickled to death. So I I I can't thank you enough. Oh, and I also though I also I, I might want to warn you that the the character of Reyna, uh, she has a libido. Um, as a matter of fact, at one point, uh, she winds up spending the night with uh, three blue-skinned Fey sisters. So uh, she, she's, she's a little oh. bit of a, of a mover there. So, yeah. Sounds like me. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, honey, I was wild. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. So that, that works. Yep, that works. Now, yeah, I, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, Captain Kirk had his green-skinned woman. Uh, Annabelle yeah. has a green-skinned Fey woman flirting with her. But uh, Reyna, she's totally the the blue-skinned Fey sisters. Who actually, the funny thing is that this Fey race in this novel are Twilight Fey, and their their language is not pronounceable by human tongues, and it kind of hurts our ears. So they wind up taking names from human pop culture to replace their regular names that we can't hear. So uh, Reyna winds up uh, falling under the influence of uh, Drusilla, Cordelia, and Darla. And anybody who's a Buffy fan knows Ooh. those names very well. Yeah. So Cool. <laughs> I love it. That's so exciting. I can't wait till the series comes out. I mean, I, I, I'm interested in everything you're writing anyway. But, yeah, I, that one's a little bit special for me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and and like I said, and and, you're, and folks are really pagans and magical types are going to love the Rain of Star mysteries when they come out. I already have the first basic story. I got the back jacket blurb for the first story all ready to go. Something along the lines of is the mysterious code found written in the in the margins of the lost diary of Aleister Crowley, the key to finding the lost tomb of Christian Rosenkreutz, the guy who founded the Rosicrucians. Before 24 hours are up and the gate closes for another 100 years, join Reyna and her best friend, the Changeling Star, to find out. So, <laughs> totally Dan Brown meets Gerald Gardner. This series is Dan Brown meets Gerald Gardner all the way. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, anything else before we go into politics? Uh, just thinking about all that I'm doing right now is exhausting me, so let's get into politics. A subject which, for the first time in four years, isn't exhausting, so let's enjoy this. <laughs> let's enjoy it. <laughs> Hit me. Where are we going first? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's, 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 first, let's first take a look at uh, at something that's, you know, when you when you think about the history of the of America in the last hundred years, only three presidents managed in the last hundred years to not get a second term. Uh Jimmy Carter, unfortunately, yeah. George H. W. Right. Bush Bush, which at the right. time I thought was great, but now I look back and think, eh, we could use a few more Republicans like him nowadays. And Donald Trump. I mean yeah. Donald Trump. Loser. I mean, seriously. I mean, Bill Clinton got impeached and he got reelected. You know, Donald Trump got impeached 
And he is a loser. I mean, literally every state that he flipped to win four years ago, Joe Biden slipped back. And, oh, my God, this was my favorite. This right here is, like, one of my favorite smackdowns ever. And it's so quiet. And it's so, oh, it's so subtle. See, is there are certain political smackdowns that just reverberate through history. Um, Lloyd Benson looking at Dan Quayle and saying, you're no Jack Kennedy, that kind of thing. Those things have become iconic for uh-huh. people who are around at the time who saw this. And I saw this great montage. Um, first of all, I love Ari Melber. I think Ari Melber is the most sarcastic, snarky fucking person on all of MSNBC. Ari Melber is great. And he I put together it. this great montage. He put this montage yeah. together that showed the governor of Arizona at a press conference saying, you know, this was like a couple of years ago, saying, you know, oh, I always want to get a call from the president. In fact, I've, I've changed my ringtone for the president only to hail to the chief, so I make sure that I never miss another call from, from President Trump. And so fast forward to this past week, and he's getting ready to sign the documents that will certify this election, which pretty much puts it in the books in Arizona's Electoral votes go to Joe Biden, period, paragraph, end of story, cannot be undone. And while he's getting ready to sign this document on live TV, all of a sudden his phone starts going off and it's hail to the chief. He reaches in, mutes that shit, sets it down, signs the fucking bill, and this is a Republican. So, boom, motherfucker, eat that. Uh-huh. That's that, that, that's just that's that's just the icing on the cake of beautifulness about just watching, you know, watching Trump go down, uh, watching you know things happen. <laughs> what, what flipping Georgia? I mean, people Democrats have been talking about flipping Georgia for the last twelve years. Okay, that's when people started thinking it could be possible. Uh, we fucking did it this year. Not only Joe Biden, who has historic support from the black community, but Stacey Abrams really worked her ass off on the get out the vote effort in Georgia, uh, along with some other folks whose names aren't on the tip of my brain right now. I'm sorry, I've been swimming around in vampire mythology for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there are just several people working tirelessly to get out the vote, to get people registered, to challenge names that were uh, taken off rolls. They got thousands of people's uh, voter registrations reinstated after they'd been misproperly tossed out. They did court cases. They pounded the pavement. They worked their asses off. And we got it by the slimmest of margins, but we fucking got it. We got fucking Georgia. Okay. I mean, you know, Sherman may have burned down the buildings in the South, but, you know, Joe Biden just burned down the Republican lock, you know, stranglehold that they've had on Georgia for the past 30 some years. So it's just, you know, that, that was big watching when that finally flipped over. That was incredible. Uh, I remember I was watching uh, MSNBC uh, both when the results came in that put Biden ahead in Pennsylvania and the moment that NBC called the election Uh, the day after you and I were on the phone last time and we were just like, just call it for us. For fuck's sake already. Yeah. The next day I get yeah. the next day I, I get up, I've been hanging out downstairs, I've been watching TV. I didn't get a lot of writing done during the week, uh, uh during our week long election drama. 
of course, you know, 2020, the year that brought us six months of April, brought us seven days of Tuesday, but uh, at least that week. Uh, but, you know, I was, you know, I was yeah. watching TV when the call came, and once NBC called it, everybody called it. And it just was incredible. And I heard horns honking. Uh, it was just yeah. unbelievable. Watching the, the square uh, on Black Lives Matter Boulevard in front of the White House fill up was just awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, the, just the sheer joy. I, I wept. It was just an incredible, incredible moment. Yes. I was weeping. It is true. I was weeping. <laughs> yes. I was dancing. I was jumping up and down. Um, and it lasted probably 12 hours because I was in shock and relieved and terrified because shitbird's still in office. Um, so I, I, I was uh-huh. in a lounge of emotions and and they all leak four years of stress i i thought okay <clears throat> we're almost at the point where where you can go to sleep at night and wake up in the morning and not be terrified although i'm still kind of scared um but i know the end of that is coming so i'm very happy exactly i mean there's light at the end of the tunnel i mean you, you take a look just over the last week you take a look at the announcements that joe's been making about his appointments, his cabinet, the, the team he wants for the communications team in the White House, uh, the first all-woman communications team in White House history. I know. Um, yeah, Janet Yellen, uh, you know, Janet Yellen coming in again, who is a fine person, somebody who Elizabeth Warren worked really hard to get into the Obama administration, and now she's going to be in the Biden administration I mean, it's just so weird. I don't know what to do. All these people are just fucking competent. I mean, they're competent. You actually have the idea that they know what they're fucking doing. What are we going to do with this? We're just not used to it. It's been four years. We haven't had competency in the executive branch in a long time. I mean, we're really fortunate that they were as inept as they were, or else the Trump people could have done a lot more evil shit if they knew what the fuck they were doing. But still, it's like just, you know, having people who you know, you know, don't have to, you know, I'm going to face it, you know, most of the people that Trump put in there were so stupid. If they saw a sign that said wet floor, they pee their pants. Uh, but that's the way Donnie likes them. Uh, just slightly <laughs> smarter. He likes them just slightly. He, he likes them just slightly smarter than Eric. Okay, that's just what he wants. Slightly smarter than Eric. Uh, not quite as smart yeah. as Don Jr. Uh, but still, it's like, you know, now we just have these people coming in. It's like, wow, these guys are like boring. I never thought I'd thirst for boring so much, but you know, it's like, hey, they're economists, they're boring, they're supposed to be, woohoo! Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear from the president every day or his team. I think they should be oh, yeah. busy working and doing the business of running government as opposed to doing something outrageous or outlandish or just fucking illegal every week. Um, so I think, exactly. you know, I think we're, we're going to not know what to do as far as, you know, we're actually going to have to do what we used to do, was, which was like dive into policy and, and, and talk about <laughs> ramifications of, of this bill or that law, as opposed to what did Fucknut do today to scare the shit out of the known world. So I think I'm, I'm kind of excited for Going back to being a wonk, you know, a policy wonk. I know. And, and, and like, I know. 
I'm kind of excited about it. It's it's a great change over the last four years of continual panic. So yeah, I'm, re- I'm very Oh my happy. god! Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you... I wanted to. I, I wanted to yeah, ask that's... you about a couple of yeah. a couple of things that have happened recently. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the the r- most recent thing, which was the. Uh, pardon for bribery uh, scheme that we are now uncovering or is now being uncovered, I should say. What the hell? <laughs> really? On top of everything else? Yeah. There was this too. Well, come, there, yeah, there is absolutely no way in heaven or earth anybody can really be that shocked though. Come on. It's Donald Trump. I mean, the guy would literally sell uh, the guy would sell Ivanka's panties if he thought it would make him an extra buck. Okay, uh, so the 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 only thing that I find the thing that I find most interesting though is the, this stuff is so redacted. The information we got yes. is so impossibly redacted because you know that there are people in the DOJ who are like, we don't want to let on who we're investigating. We don't want fucknuts to pardon them. Before he leaves office, right. and you know, they, they, it looks like they're they're pursuing sealed indictments, which means they can leave them uh, they can leave them sealed for months if they need to. So, but it's definitely things are moving, and you know, let's face it, uh, I I don't think Bill Barr is going to be going out of his way to help Donald Trump because he's probably going to be fired before Christmas. The moment that Bill Barr came out and said that there was no voting irregularities or fraud that would possibly lead to the, a change in the election's outcome. Uh, he went against, uh-huh. you know, the Orange Fuhrer's party line. And so you know that Trump is going to fire him just to be spiteful. Uh, probably going to do it on right, Christmas Eve. You never know. Probably. But here's my question. Why did Barr, after all of these years now, or all of this time, he hasn't really, people forget, Barr hasn't really been there through the whole thing. Um, he was kind of right. late, mid, a, a mid-season addition. Why did he suddenly do this? I mean, the shit's almost done. Why did he all of a sudden bail? Well, he bailed because the thing is, is that he was playing a long game. He was basically doing Trump's every bidding that Trump wanted him to do for the most part because he wanted to see if Trump could pull off a way of staying in office because he knew that if Trump stayed in office – then we really weren't going to have a real election again, not until after a very violent and bloody revolution. So if the people weren't going to rise up in that kind of revolution, he could have been sitting himself into a job pretty much for the rest of his life. But now that it's, you know, now that, now that Trump's attempts at stealing the election are failing even worse than his attempts to just win outright on election day, and the fact that judges that he appointed are dismissing the lawsuits that they're bringing, a federal judge that Trump appointed are dismissing with extreme pressure. They're saying that it's an insult that they even brought this case to the court, to the bench. And that's also why half of the lawsuits that Trump's team has been filing, they've been quitting before they even get to a courtroom because a lot of his lawyers are afraid about going to jail for uh, contempt of court. And if they keep pulling this shit, they'll start getting called on it right away. Uh, so, and the thing is, it's going down 
you know, Barr had to look and see that there really is no way, there's no way to get this case anywhere near the Supreme Court, really no way for any of Trump's toadies to get it for him. So now Barr is trying to secure his place in whatever Republican Party comes after Trump is done. Trump is saying he's going to start running right away. He's going to kick off his 2024 campaign on Inauguration Day. Uh, Good luck with that. I don't know how well he'll be able to run from inside of Rikers Island in New York. Because remember, kids, Trump can only pardon for federal crimes, state crimes like the incredible slew of indictments that are going to start raining down on the entire Trump crime family from the attorney general of the state of New York from January 21st. Uh, I really, you know, he's really going to be way too busy uh, to make any sort of attempt at a comeback. But, you know, Bill, you know, and the thing is, though, is that it's going to just collapse. Once, once Trump doesn't have the executive branch to shield him anymore, everything is just going to collapse. People are going to be going to jail right and left. All the people that Trump said lock them up, lock her up, lock him up, they're all going to be free. Trump and all of his kids, except for Barron, are going to wind up in the slammer. And, you know, the, the Republican Party is going to collapse and have to reform itself if they can. Barr is trying right now to try to exit with a little bit of grace. He was probably bribed. There's a lot of corporate Republican guys who want to get their party back from Trump who are currently spreading some money around to uh, get Republicans to be like, okay, Trump lost, let's move on. Uh, you know, transition of power and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Barr was bribed by somebody to try to, you know, circumvent things on his way out the door, uh, or if he's just going to try some sort of, you know, again, try to position himself to try to have some kind of position in a future Republican Party. Um, There's a really good chance that he's going to be disbarred, however, because of the slew of things that are going to come down on him after he gets out of office. So, I mean, you know, I, he could be positioning, but I think he was just paid off. I think somebody gave him a nice tidy sum because they, you know, the, the corporate money guys want Trump out of there now because he was useful to them when he could sign their tax cuts and deregulate stuff for them. But now he's just giving, now, now he's just giving them headaches and the corporate money guys want him out. Well, let me ask you, I mean, because I've been hearing a lot of people saying the Republican Party is now the party of Trump. I mean, there's not really a separation, is there? Well, there really isn't practical at the local level yet. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's only a four-year-old thing. There's still plenty of people who remember what it was like when they got to run things, when they could decide, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to run a Mormon, even though most evangelicals think they're a cult. And they succeeded in getting right. the nomination, okay? And there's a bunch of those guys right. who want things to be back the way it used to be. Uh, there's a bunch, you know, all the old Bob Dole Republicans went over to the Lincoln Project, who did some of the best, yeah. most fucking vicious slapdowns on YouTube of the entire election, let me tell you. Uh, so, really, those, link, <laughs> those, those Lincoln Project Republicans are talking to the corporate guys right now, saying, okay, let's see if we can find a way uh, to re-engineer uh, taking their party over again. And part of it's going to wind up probably being things like, you never know, there could wind up, you know, the attorney general, uh, uh, you know, in uh, Miami-Dade County could wind up deciding to start filing charges against Trump, even though they're a Republican, uh, because 
again, you know, the money guys want to make sure, you know, want to try to roll this up as much as possible. There's going to be an incredible bloody conflict within the Republican Party. They're really going to try to keep it from leaking out as much as they can. But this is going to be the mother of all struggles for control once Trump uh, hits the dusty trail. Wow. Well, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, a lot of bridges have been burned by the Republicans. I mean, like Lindsey Graham, you know, I I don't think I'm going to forget anytime soon about the incredible switch. I mean, Mitch McConnell is Mitch McConnell. That's, there's no difference. He's always Mitch McConnell. Lindsey Graham. He's always been a weasel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but exactly. But Lindsey Graham, you know, best friend of John McCain at one time, you know, cried at his Mm -hmm. funeral and then turned around and, and started licking the boot heel of Trump, which made me go, what? So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be that instant forgiveness. I was actually, I mean, I know Jamie Harrison ran a really good race. It got closer than probably Lindsey Graham has ever had to fight. Um, is our problem that we don't have compelling enough candidates to win things now, like really, this outright? Really, the problem is, is, in many of these areas, now that uh, demographics are shifting more and more and urban areas are mm-hmm. becoming more and more important, the biggest barrier that we've had is participation. When Democrats show up, we win. But getting yeah. young people registered and active, getting people in communities of color registered and active, I mean, black women totally fucking slay at electoral politics. They're the most dependable voting block that pretty much anybody's ever fucking seen. But trying to get everybody else, like in the black community, or getting people in the Latino community engaged and that kind of stuff, you know, and also the extreme voter suppression efforts that happen in a lot of these areas. Um, I'm sure that there were a lot more shenanigans in the Carolinas than would have been put up with in uh, Vermont or New Hampshire when it came to that kind of stuff. Uh, so fighting Probably. back against vote, fighting back against uh, voter suppression and encouraging engagement are the biggest things we can do. And again, if you want to see a model, look at Georgia, look at look at Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. You know, I mean, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania that really gave Biden his margin of victory, especially again, black women in Philadelphia. There were, yep. there was an unfortunate rearing of uh, extreme misogyny in the African American community. A certain amount of black men voting for Trump because they didn't like a black woman having power like the vice presidency. But black women basically overwhelmed the assholes. I mean, there, it wasn't a majority. There was like maybe like three, four percent. But you know, in an election, three, four percent can really make a huge difference. Uh, but black women just overwhelmed the douchebags. They overwhelmed the toxic masculinity. They buried them in a sea of women's votes. And so, and in Georgia, people organizing in all groups, all demographics, men, women, uh, young, old. I mean, Georgia had a much better rate of young people participating, and they all voted Democratic. So, yeah. you know, I really think that, I really think that, you know, if, if the Democratic Party really wants to get things snapping, if they really want to get things happening, they're going to get on their hands and knees 
and beg Stacey Abrams to be the DNC chairperson yeah. for the next two years oh. at the minimum, because she I needs agree. to take what she she needs to take what she did in Georgia, and she needs to take it nationwide. Georgia is the proof that a 50-state strategy, like good old Howard Dean was implementing back in 2005, that helped bring us Barack Obama's victory in 2008. I mean. You take a look at these states. Take a look at Texas. Take a look at how deep blue the urban areas are. Again, you get people out to vote. We can overwhelm the 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 right wing vote in the non urban areas. We can overwhelm these, you know, these red states. We can use the urban areas to turn them blue. Uh, we just have to, you know, again get the fucking vote out and keep working. No state is hopeless. No state is lost. Right. We can pick up anything. We just have to fight for it. So, and we, you know, we need someone this like Stacey really in there. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree with you. This really, this election needs to to be the proof to folks that don't ever give up on a state. And I know that there was a problem with Hillary giving up states when she was running. Don't ever cede a state to to, to your opponent. It doesn't have to be that way. Stacey well, no, Abrams and also freaking showed us the way. I mean, she's and amazing. You know, oh, and let me tell you too that uh, I mean, one of the things that's you know infected the. I just want to say, well, Chester Rosario calls them the dirtball left. Those people who claim to be progressive, but they're really, you know, pushing all kinds of racist and and misogynistic type of policies. Um, these yeah. people in 2016 tried to justify the Sanders campaign bowing out of Super Tuesday by saying, oh, those are southern states. They're not going to vote for us in the general anyway. Why should we waste our money there? Well, one of those states that they said, why should we waste our money there is motherfucking Georgia. Okay, so yeah. don't give us this shit that those states are going to be red anyway. They're only going to stay that way if we give up on them. Georgia is the proof that, you know, you go in there and you work and you bust your ass and you put the resources in there. We can fucking do it. There are people, we, need, we do not need to abandon anywhere because there are good people who are suffering right now in incredibly regressive right-wing states, and we cannot abandon these people. I mean, I hear people say all the time, can't we just let the South go, uh, you know, reconsidering the Civil War? Now, there's way too many vulnerable people who will never be able to leave if something like that happened. We yeah. can't give up on them. We can't throw them under the bus. We've got to fight for them just like we fight for California or New York. Right. I mean, you know, and that's an argument I get a lot. Well, you know, you're you're such a liberal. Why do you live in such a, a you know, red state? And I'm like, because I'm needed here. <laughs> New York yeah, exactly. has liberals. God damn it. <laughs> You know, I need to, we need to infect places that don't have enough of us is what I'm saying. Exactly, because think about this. In the 1970s, California was a state that elected fuck tons of Republicans as governor. You had, you, yeah. you, there were a lot of Republican legislators, House members, senators who used to come out of California. Now California is such a deep blue state Republicans have absolutely no say in state government. They're too much of a minority. Half of the Republicans don't even bother showing up for work because it's kind of useless. Uh, who are, yes, there's not that many of them there. Uh, so, again, you know, it doesn't matter how red a state is now. You know, things change. Yeah. Always in motion is the future, Master Yoda says. 
Uh, so it's like, and, and like, <laughs> yes, always in motion is the future. You're difficult to see it is. Uh, and not yeah. baby Yoda. I'm talking about the OG Yoda. There you go. OG. Oh, my oh, gosh. By the way, I, in my brain, I started thinking I sounded like I was giving a, uh, a campaign speech. And I was like, we can't leave these people behind. But, I mean, talk about great speakers. Did you catch Barack Obama on Stephen Colbert this last week? I did not. Oh, my God. He, do you, if you don't have CBS All Access, go to YouTube. I do. Pull up the interviews. Okay. It is a beautiful thing to okay. witness. Barack talking. And he's got such an incredible sense of humor. And Stephen Colbert just keeps ribbing him the whole time about stuff. But uh, just, oh, my God. It's just so good to hear the men speak again. So, I, you know, yeah. it's like, God damn it. Anybody out there, if you want to get me a Yule gift, get me Barack Obama's new book. <laughs> but, uh, oh, oh my God, it just – and also, also the audio book is read by Barack Obama. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just like – yeah, I might have to get the audio book for that one. I just want to sit back and, you know, it's like, oh, just serenade me with your intelligence, Barack Obama. I've missed it over four years. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I agree with you, though. You know, it's so refreshing because, re- you know, there was a very long period of time where I couldn't look at Barack Obama without bursting into tears because he was my favorite president. Right. And I, 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 I couldn't understand how we went from him to this. Um, you yeah. know, and I, I just was heartbroken because, and my whole family is like, we miss him so much. I'm like, I know. Um, so having him out, you know, doing even remote campaign stuff has been so nice and reassuring because, you know, I don't want a president that's as smart as I am. I, I need a president to be a lot smarter because <laughs> I can handle yeah. the job, and I know it. Um, so these people exactly. who, you know, relate to Trump, I don't want to relate to my president. I want my president to understand yeah. the problem and figure out how to fucking fix it. Thank you. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And you know, I love. And I'll tell you, too. I love the, Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say, I love the fact that Biden is hiring Dr. Fauci. Oh, Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I was going to say, talk about intelligent. Uh, I I want to say publicly that I was wrong about uh, my doubts that I had a year ago about uh, Joe Biden running a good enough campaign to unseat Trump. I was wrong. The campaign that Joe Biden ran was fucking flawless. At the time when people were saying, why isn't he campaigning in Texas? Democrats could take that. Joe's like, no, I'm going to focus on Michigan and Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, why is he yeah. still going to Pennsylvania? He's leading by so many, he's leading by 20 points there. And Joe Biden's like, I don't care. I'm going to Pennsylvania. He's like, he's like, no, fundamentals, building blocks, basic shit, yes. not get fancy, yes. stay on message, don't use confusing terms, don't use terms that give people the wrong idea. I believe in defund the police, but you know what? We got to work on our messaging because people think that that's abolish yeah. the police and the Republicans are reinforcing that message. So it's like, you know, yes. he was cautious, but you know what? Fucking A. Let's not, let's not yeah. take stupid risks. And you know, everything he did pitch perfect played out. He won where he needed to win. 
Uh, he, yep. you know, he came close in areas that inspired people. He came way closer than he should have in a lot of places. Republicans had to spend money to shore up their campaigns in places they never should have had to spend money on. I mean, it was really a pitch perfect uh-huh. campaign. Everything played to the T perfectly. So kudos to Joe Biden and his campaign team. You guys played this one perfectly. And sometimes us armchair uh, pundits need to uh, stop and think for a minute. You know, don't be so in love with our own ideas that we forget about the fundamentals of campaign. So there you go. <laughs> I, I And I have to echo that because, you know, at first I was like, because everybody's like, we need something new. We need something different. And, and my, you know, when I was thinking about it after watching folks in South Carolina say, no, no, we know that Biden is, is Barack's guy and therefore we're going yep. with Biden. And I said, you know what, if you're going for that reason, I am going to follow you. And, you know, just because the pendulum swings all the way in one direction does not mean people have the stomach to go all the way in the other direction. I said, I think people are looking for normal or at least what used to be considered normal or close to it. We can argue about policy later, but we've got to make the country a place where we don't all feel so afraid of each other. I don't know if that part of it's Mm going to change. Do you think that maybe you know, in five or six months after Trump leaves, maybe folks will calm down and this whole militia shit will, you know, tamp down. I mean, they're always going to be there. But do you think right. it'll ease up as far as the incredible fear factor that everybody wants to instill in everybody else? Well, remember this, too. I mean, there were a lot of things, though, that, you know, I, I hope people are going to assess once Trump is out of office and Joe has, you know, the, the, the white house fumigated and, you know, swept for bed bugs and all kinds of other cooties because, you know, Donald who likes to raw dog porn stars slept there. So, uh, you know, after everything's fumigated and taken care of, I hope people really take a look back and reassess because I know people are afraid of breathing any size of relief now, but look at how many horrible things were predicted for election day. They were talking about armed people at the polls, trying to keep people out, violence, riots, and all that stuff. And we had one of the most orderly, one of the most incredibly high turnout elections that we have ever wound up having. Um, There were a lot of things that were predicted for extremely dire things. But the thing you got to remember, though, is that, yeah, they're militia people and they're scary and they could really do a lot of damage if they wanted to. But they're still a minority of the population. And the only reason that they right. crawled out from under their rocks the last four years is because they had somebody in Washington giving them the cover to do so. Uh, you know, I, you know the, a lot of these, though, a lot of these right-wing groups, especially the big ones, the national ones, the ones that could really coordinate, most of those are insanely corrupt. The ones you really got to worry about are the militia groups that aren't part of national organizations that are just a bunch of Yahoo friends who get together because they can do all kinds of really unstable shit. Most of your national ones are just elaborate fraud campaigns getting frightened rednecks to give them money while they're always promising to take things over for the fatherland again, and yet never quite getting around to doing so. Uh, so there's a lot of graft and corruption in the right wing, and it keeps them from being really as effective as they could be. I mean, how take a look at this right now. I mean, uh, 
Donald Trump is collecting millions of dollars from from his suckers, uh, and he's pocketing all of it. He's saying that it's going to retire campaign debt, uh, but the only loans that his campaign took out was from himself. And whenever he loaned money to himself, he always made sure that his campaign spent it at his places and his hotels so he'd get it right back. But that gives him the excuse to take uh, these uh, these legal fund contributions where when you donate on Donald Trump's legal fund, the first thing that pops up is that uh, the first, I can't remember how many million dollars collected are going to go to retire campaign debt instead of legal fees. Uh, and they're still giving their money anyway. Fine. What the fuck ever. Uh, but still, it's like there's so much graft and corruption that I think that the militia groups are going to fade back into the background and, and try to start organizing and, making more money again. Um, the, the thing, though, that I think we really need to do, and this is not going to make me popular in some circles, but fuck it, I'm used to that okay. right now. But All right. the, biggest, the biggest mistake that the sane rational Americans, the people who are not uh, neo-Nazis, uh, you, know, the, the non, you know, the people who aren't rabidly racist, I mean, let's face it, folks, if you're a white person who's been raised in a white culture, you have racist uh, stuff in the culture that you don't even realize is racist until it's pointed out to you. Uh, so just do me a favor. Don't whine and complain and try to uh, excuse and justify it. Just say, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. I'll do better and move the fuck on. Don't be a douchebag. But still, it's like the big problem that us uh, intelligent folks did is that we tolerated the racist far too much because you know everybody will have these stories about that one friend in their social circle who would say the n-word or would say this really stupid insensitive shit and yet people let them hang around because you know they weren't an asshole all the time they could be a lot of fun and you never know maybe we can be a good example for them and we can help take them out of these ridiculous backwards attitudes and to tell you the truth the only people who you can really save are A, the people who want to be saved, and B, the people who are genuinely clueless and aren't just saying the N-word because they know it pisses their friends off. Those are douchebags, and we've tolerated the douchebags way too long. We allowed them to hang out with the intelligent people. We allowed them to hang out with the cool people, the people who could form a complete sentence. And we have to finish that now because that's what brought us Trump, because that allowed these people to stay in our social circles where they could corrupt the minds of young people that they would interact with, where they would encourage people who were on the fence to go on the wrong side, to build up these kind of networks that spread the QAnon bullshit and all that stuff. We tolerated these people in our midst, and they used it to stab us in the fucking back. They were never going to change. They were never going to change their viewpoints. Let me tell you something. When people say, why do you cut people off so abruptly online? It's because, look, if I've seen somebody have something patiently explained to them by 20 other people 20 other times, and they're still saying the same bullshit, then you're never going to reach them. Don't waste your energy. Yeah. Call them a fucking cunt muffin and move on with it, okay? Uh, but we've, we've tolerated yeah. these people. We can't save everyone, okay? The white savior is a trope that needs to die, and we can't save everyone. We need to cut these people off. We need to get them out of our social circles. We can't let them stick around to infect the next generation with their poison and their hatred. And we've got to show them that if you want to hang out with people 
who have more teeth than they have uh, relatives uh, living in their house, then they're not going to be able to be these massive douchebags and spread this shit and be, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, the devil's advocate and all that shit. You're not a devil's advocate. Yeah. You're an asshole. And we need to cut these people off right. because we've tolerated them too long. We can, we can be intolerant of intolerance. That's allowed people. Okay. And I don't care how much crunchy granola somebody throws at me. That's my position. I agree 100%. I actually cut off two ex-husbands this year um, and will have nothing to do with either one of them because, one, well, one of them is just a, a complete waste case, period, whatever. But the other one, who I actually have even had on the show, is a Trump-supporting wingnut to which I said, you're a fucking witch. You are a traitor to our people. And you are a traitor to everything I hold sacred. And the things you say sacred are sacred as well. Therefore, I want nothing to do with you. I have banned him from my life. I have deleted every, like, <laughs> any memory of him. So, yeah, sometimes, even if you love someone, you have to cut him off because they spew yeah. garbage. And people tried to explain to him, friends, mutual friends, tried to say, dude, your, your view is very skewed. And uh, no, he, uh, he's holding on to it. He insists on it. Um, I found it very disappointing. He became more yeah. Republican as time went on. And I'm like, no, <laughs> bye. Good thing I didn't yeah. have kids with that one. All right, next. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so that, you know, we, and, and, the, you know, people are all like, Oh, I don't want to abandon people. It's like, like I said, if you see somebody who I is do. just, if you see somebody who is just uh, clueless, you know what I mean? Like someone who is just clueless, yes. you know, yes. like they say something that is like, for example, there's a new movement where we're pointing out that the word gypsy is a slur against the Romani people. Uh, and the and the and you know the 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 awareness is is spreading for that. Uh, and you know if somebody says that word, they can be very clueless. You can say, hey, you know what? I know it's a very common word in our culture, but there's a lot of words that are very very racist that are from that that are part of our culture that we're getting rid of. We kind of got to get rid of this one too, guys. Um, you know, like exceptions for people like Gypsy who sang the album Enchantress. I'm not expecting her to go and recall however many tens of thousands of copies that sold, but still, you know, it's like, let's just, you know, move on, do better. Um, and, you know, somebody's doing that kind of stuff and yeah, you know what, you can just explain it to them. And if they're a good person, they'll be like, Oh, I didn't realize. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better. Mm -hmm. uh, then they're a good person and you can keep them in your life and you can keep working with them. And if they slip up, you can say, Hey, remember that thing about that G word I was telling you about? Yeah, this is kind of the same thing. And they can be like, Oh, okay. Those are the people that you keep around. Those are the people that you can help. But when you say, hey, you know, that word's kind of offensive, if they just get all fucking offended and just, well, well I can't say It's like, you know what? You're a fucking douchebag. Get out of my life. Okay? I mean, it's, it's that simple. Yeah. Good people are going to make an yeah. attempt to remain a good person. Toxic douchebags are going to defend their toxic douchebaggery to the end. Yes. It is very true. I have lived it. I have experienced it. 
And I'm tired, you know, and before the whole Trump thing, you know, I would make excuses for it. Like, oh, you know, he does it because of this, that, or the other thing. And and then Trump happened. And all of a sudden, it, it turned into something so hideous and so awful and so ugly that I couldn't even right. I couldn't make sense of, of how this person that I used to love could turn into a monster. But it happens apparently, you know? Yeah. So I I I tried, other people tried and I got to a point where I was so disgusted, I was like, That's it. I'm done and delete, delete, delete. Block, block, block. Yeah. No more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's I mean I've had to I've had to do that actually a few times, you know, not necessarily just with Trump supporters, but, you know, Trump supporters, third-party believers, stuff like that. Anything that was going to right. hurt our case for getting Trump out of office, I could not deal with. Nor and, and listen, there are great people that are like, well, you know, we shouldn't cut these people off, Me- not meaning the racists, but just like Trump supporters or, or, right. or Republicans in general, I should say, not Trump supporters specifically. And, you know, there are people who have a stomach for that kind of continuous argument. But at this point in my life, I don't. So I don't have any right. guilt about saying you are cut off. That's it. Right. Don't feel exactly. Guilty. And, you know, don't feel guilty. I've got to. I got to tell you, you know, I was like, I say, you know, I, I, I like the fact that I spent so many years so knee deep in politics that it's kind of like one of those things where I can dust it off, uh, look at a couple of news articles, get up to, you know, get up to speed on things and move on. Um, I the, the days I used to spend writing paragraph after paragraph debating with people, I'm just way happier that I don't do that now. You know, where I'm just like, you are a fucking asshole, bye. And then I just, and then I interact with the people I like, and I joke, and I say nice things. And, you know, it's just like, it, it's it's just way, way more peaceful, way more happy, way more fun. Um, and it's just, you know, cutting toxic people out of your life. It, you know, I love the fact that especially Gen Z are realizing that it doesn't matter who the toxic person is. It doesn't matter if they're family. It doesn't matter if they're a friend that you've had for 20 years. Toxic is toxic. And if they're not going to do anything to lessen their toxicity, then it's kind of like somebody who's drowning. You can try to help them, but if they're not going to let you help them, they can drag you down with them. So sometimes you got to let them go. And uh, it it sucks. It never feels good. But you're going to feel way worse if you let them make you miserable for years and years because then when you cut them off, you're going to hate yourself for not cutting them off sooner. So, you know, it's like uh, this holiday season, remember, folks, family isn't just people that you're related to. Family is found. Family can be chosen. Family can be your friends. If family can be those just, that just means something special to you, even if it's somebody that you get online and you say, hi, good morning, how you doing every day on Facebook. The people who make you just feel good for being around them, they can be your family. Uh, you, you know, the, the, the ties that we have with our friends can be way more than the ties that we have with those of blood because our friends are people that we are with because they make our lives better. And, uh, you know, if they're doing a better job of that than people who share your DNA, mm-hmm. then you know, then you know yeah. who you should have on the video call on New Year's Eve this year to say Happy New Year's at midnight. 
it's those people, not the ones Absolutely. that, uh, you know, share some DNA with you. Yeah. You know, when you choose your family, you're there because you want to be. When you have blood relations, it's it's more of an obligation, and I'm tired of fe- feeling obligated to people who don't give a shit. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. <clears throat> Uh, so, Talison, we've got, like, less than four minutes left to go. So uh-huh. um, if you if you want to give a recap, my dear, this would be the time. A recap of all kinds of fun stuff. Well, let me just tell you guys something. Hey, for self-care uh, this year, go and buy an independent book from an independent author. I hang out with these people every day on Twitter, even if it's not mine. These are some great people. They work their asses off. They put a lot of love and joy into this stuff. Uh, and, you know, let's face it, uh, you know, books are always a wonderful thing to give to people, uh, you know, and, uh, and you know, let's, you know, do yourself some fun this year. Don't worry about anything, okay? If having these lights up, having these Christmas lights up makes you feel happy and joyous, have them up. Turn them on. Keep right. them up until the snow melts next year. What the fuck ever you need. Because, yeah, we've got vaccines coming. We've got an end to the to the pandemic in our sights, but it's still going to be a long, cold winter. So take care of yourself. Take time for yourself. You know, treat yourself. Make it as pretty as you want, and screw the haters, man, because you know what? We've already got a better year ahead of us because we're going to go whole days without thinking of the president. Yay! So... <laughs> Beautiful. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up there. (laughs) See everybody next month. Same bad time, same bad station. All right. Okay, guys. I will be back tomorrow with Matt Oren in the afternoon. And then Sunday afternoon, I will be speaking with the wonderful Thorn Mooney. So stick around this weekend. More shows to come. Have a great night, everybody. Be blessed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.